Hey everybody, welcome to episode 107 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Pachuta. Hey, what's going on? Not much. Not much. Also got Jimmy DeResta. Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for showing up. Sure. <laughs> you guys hear the chicken? There's a chicken right at my kitchen door. He's making a ruckus. Do you hear him? Nope, I just hear a 3D printer. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all I hear too, because it's right in my ear. Oh, right on. You, I got the chickens, you got the printer. Got anything going on noisy in your house, David? No, it's pretty quiet. No. Pretty no. quiet. My, I'm sure my cat's going to come in here at any moment and yell at me. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I started a print last night at, um, it was like 10 or 11 o'clock, thinking, oh, yes, we'll be done tomorrow afternoon. That's cool. Not realizing that like we had something to do this afternoon. It was going to well, be loud. So. It's funny. I set a, a, a path to cut in the in the Tormach, which is a five minute cutting path at exactly four o'clock <laughs> so i was like oh sorry guys no. <laughs> that's why it's like, I'm like uh, i don't want to stop at midstream because it was a complicated cut so anyway my phone buzzed a couple minutes before four and i, I knew i'm like yep that's jimmy saying he's gonna be five minutes late <laughs> sure enough, it was. well you know what happened it's like i'm working out in the garage it's like 22 23 degrees out and of course you don't get good battery life and I was, it was probably around 3.30 when my phone just like, I looked at it and I kept checking. It, had, it said it had like 30% left and then it just shut off because it was just so cold out there. And I plugged it in and I'm like, hmm, I hope I don't miss because I'm waiting on a few phone calls. I said, I'll probably miss those phone calls. Nothing I could do. Plugged it in and it came back to life at exactly four the minute I hit. It was like, it was like two minutes to four as soon as I hit, you know, st- cycle start. And anyway. It all came together at exactly four. So my battery was dead for any longer. You guys would have been wondering where the hell I was, and I wouldn't even have known that we had to do a podcast. So it always works out for me somehow, magically. I'm lucky. Remember I said I'm lucky? Everything always works yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. So here we are, thankfully. Cool. Well, David, what have you been up to? So this week, tomorrow I'm starting a new project. It's going to be... Uh, a mailbox that attaches to the front of the house and it's going to be made completely with the CNC. I wanted to try to challenge myself to not use any stationary tools for this project. And, uh, but so I'm going to use a CNC and then like a little handheld joiner for the, or handheld router to do the joinery and things like that. Uh, I've got a couple of videos finished already. So this, that particular video won't come out for a couple of weeks. I'm not used to being ahead, but here I am. Nice. And there's going to be some inlay in there. I'm going to have my house number on there. And I think that's okay. Because if you Google my name, you can find my address. And, <laughs> right? Uh-oh. You're I don't know. I'm going to be knocking at your door. I get my house number out. And somehow my house, people somehow people know exactly where I am. They send me pictures of my driveway upstate. <laughs> I, I do it's get happened. the creepy emails once in a while. Like, <laughs> oh, I can tell you. Here's where you live. Here's a Google satellite view of your house that I found. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know, you might want to be worried about this. I'm like, I'm worried about you sending me photos of my house. Please don't do that. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that happens. There's nothing you can do. I rent my house out and, and uh, somebody geotagged my house before I was big on YouTube. And uh, so now when people stay here, they could take pictures. People I don't know, they take pictures and they geotag my, my house. I'm not going to say exactly what the tag is, but probably take two seconds to figure it out. And uh, so people could geotag and see all the pictures of strangers in and around my house and, and run around with my underwear on their head. 
<laughs> Has there been that picture? No, no. I lock my underwear up when people oh. stay here. There's a couple of rooms we just like lock the door. <laughs> like that closet and the underwear drawer. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've gotten fans. Uh, it's happened only two times when fans say, dude, I rented this uh, house up in this farmhouse and I'm at your house. I can't believe it. I had no idea. Because Taylor's name is on the uh, Taylor's name is on the is on the, the rental stuff, not mine. Anyway, so people say, oh, cause, and my logo, you think my logo is sprayed on everything. When you go in the shop, it is, but outside the shop, it's not anywhere, except on the bottom of the swing. And the guy was saying, I'm pushing my buddy on the swing, and it's getting higher and higher, and then all of a sudden, I see a name at the bottom of the swing. Because <laughs> it was the reveal in the video I did two years ago for Make, where I made the swing yeah. from the woods. And he goes, I'm at your house, I can't believe it. <laughs> it was cool. That's pretty funny. No, that's the uh, you know. There's no secrets anymore. There's not. There's nothing you, you can't hide from anybody. I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard to, to for sure. Yeah, we and like everything, I noticed this not too long ago. Is that like everything is? There's all these bots that go out and crawl and get like information, like addresses and stuff. And so even if you exclude your address from local white pages or whatever, there's still websites that go around and get old data so like if you search for your own name you'll find like your last four or five addresses yeah just stacked up and you know it doesn't say like which one's current or anything but just it's weird that those websites are just gathering all that stuff for no particular purpose oh it's just like a, a directory well i guess but <laughs> yeah it's weird anyway jimmy what are you up to uh i'm i'm heavily into production on my ice picks because uh I did really well over the Christmas uh, break with, with ice picks. I sold a bunch of handmade ones, about 130, 140, and then a lot of Chinese ones. People are buying them, and uh, I did really well. And right away, my guy Scott's like, when are we going to get more ice picks? So I just went heavily into making about 200 right now by hand, and I've been using the Tormach is, is assisting me in that. It's great. And then I started experimenting with this hashtag, which has been on my my Instagram. I posted last night, so I'm... I'm and um, um, cross hatching three sides of the of the six sided handle, and so I'm experimenting. And it's funny to kind of I could like kind of pimp my ice picks a little bit, give them a little bit of bling. So it's got this, it's got almost like a knurled surface on three sides of the handle. So I'm going to make about fifteen of those, and I'm trying to decide what to do with them because I didn't prepare the logo correctly. So I engraved all the logos on the ice pick, and the logo is not, it's just slightly above center, which I kind of liked, but now that I'm hash tagging each side, or I'm hashing each side, it intercepts the, the top of the logo a little bit. So I'm only making mm. 15. So the next batch that I cut from scrap, from scratch material, I'm gonna have to recenter the logo. So it's, I, I didn't think of both of them at the same time. I did all mm. the logos and I said, oh, let me try and knurl the side. And then I did, and because I got to take a little bit of material, I'm kind of touching the top of the logo on that that adjacent side. I don't know. I'll talk about this in the in the uh, in my vlog this week. But those fifteen, I'm trying to decide what to do. Maybe I'll do a, like a Patreon giveaway or something with those, just because they're like experimental first batch. So uh, I'm working on that, and also Instagram is my Instagram is blown up a lot with lots of questions today because yesterday I hashtagged and put in a picture of a 1950s gas station which is in the vicinity of my house. And I mentioned last week, we had a really bad connection last week. This one hopefully is a little better. Um, I mentioned last week that I'm getting out of my space. The intention is to get out early. My landlord gave me an incentive to leave my New York City space early. So I'm on the heavily, uh, heavily on the search of looking for a place up and around my house. And we found this place. 
I've seen it forever, but I finally went through the you know the painstaking process of trying to get the owner on the phone and convince him that I'm not a, a nut job and talk to him and have a meeting <laughs> with him and get to the place. So this weekend, this old 1950s gas station, me and Taylor and Willie went and took a close look at it and really tried to see, like, is this something we could take on? Because it needs a lot of work. And the landlord said, he uh, seems like a decent guy. He said, look, I haven't used this place in 40 years for anything. Because uh, m- m- mainly because he says, I just don't trust people because I don't trust any of the tenants that have come through, had all these big ideas. And and he just seems like a guy that's just, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of uh, cloistered a little bit. And so spent a little bit of time with him on Saturday and then some time on Sunday. And we went to go and he gave me a giant bundle of keys and goes, one of these keys is the key to the door. <laughs> Literally like... <laughs> It was like a, like I'm looking at the snowball in front of me, the microphone. It was bigger than this bundle of keys. And he goes, it's the key shaped like this. And it's like a square head. And there's like 30 of them on it. And every key looks like it's been in out of a lock a million times. Every one of them is completely worn. <laughs> me and Willie tried every key. None of them worked on the door that worked. None. And so the front plate glass that I took a picture of on my Instagram has a huge broken hole in it. And I said, well, what if I climb through and try and open it? And he goes, hey, go ahead, try that. The guy's older. I wasn't expecting him to do that. So I climbed through this giant hole in the glass. I think I got it on video. I haven't really reviewed the footage. I just put my GoPro inside <laughs> and then climbed. Because you could reach in and put it right inside that like triangulated window. And so I climbed in this big hole in the plate glass. And it's like plate glass with like sharp edges and stuff. Green plate, cutted edge. Anyway, so I climbed in and I was able to take the lock apart from the inside and open the door for the first time in what was probably 20 years. And... The place is incredible. It needs a roof. The roof leaks and drips, and there's water dripping everywhere you're walking around in there. And one of the bays that has like a, a lift is completely covered with green uh, moss. And Taylor's like, oh my mm. God, the moss is so beautiful. Don't step on it. The moss is like a carpet of like perfect moss, like maybe 10 by 10 feet from a drip in the ceiling. Anyway, we looked around the place and it's like untouched. It's like, it's like a time capsule. There's like product in there, there's tools. He said he closed the place in 1977 and hasn't opened it since. And Nobody else has climbed through that hole to vandalize the place? No. I said I can't believe the place hasn't been vandalized. He goes, everybody knows me. No one's going to mess with my stuff. But <sighs> it's kind of – the reason, too, it's on a five-corner point. It's, it's There's five corners, and one of the five corners, it's like all pointed. It's like the roads crisscross. And so it's one of the five points. So it's right in the, in the middle of activity. Like, I – I'm going to be right there all the time, every day, like people driving by, coming in, going, hey, can you tell me where the Walmart is? Or can you tell me how to get to Home Depot? So we're trying to figure out ways to try and make it, we're trying to come up with concepts to try and figure out how to make it look like it's a cool spot, but it's not open to the public. And the mm-hmm. good thing about it is, I'm, of course, I'm still going to build my place upstate up here, but this is, the rent's cheap enough, and like I said, he seems like a decent enough guy to have as a landlord for maybe a year, two years, who knows? It's cheap enough to keep and have it as sort of a showcase of a place where I've always been wanting to build farm tables for sale, and I can't do that because i got nowhere to put them. I couldn't make them one at a time. But if I made a beautiful farm table, make a video of it, then put it for sale at like out in front of my 1950s gas station, right where there's lots of people driving by, if I have five or seven tables out ready to be sold at any given time, you know, I feel like I could do something like that. Or at least just have it as a showroom and say, meet me at my showroom. I'll show you some stuff that me and Taylor both have made. So we're coming up with a bunch of concepts. Uh, ultimately, I'm still going to have my barn and my place. And, uh, you know, but uh, it's exciting. It's exciting and new. And, you know, we've talked about being able to pivot when things get crazy. You know, when you're stuck against the wall and you have to make a change fast. And, 
we take that as an opportunity to try and do something cool that you never would have done if you niched into your comfort zone. So, mm-hmm. so that's why, even though this building is like the ultimate trash to cash, you know, that's kind of the concept that I've been living my life on is find something that needs help. You know, find something that people just like it's something that has a lot of spirit that has just been abandoned and try and rejuvenate that spirit within the place. And it's not going to take much to get it usable. It's got three phase electric, which is great because I have a couple of three phase tools and uh, it's got a car lift. And you know, a cool thing about it, it's got a bus. You could drive a bus over this big open space and like work on underneath it. Whoa. It's like uh, you ever go to Jiffy Lube and the guy's down in the pit? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's got a pit, which I would have to. I would make steel grating to cover it, so we could make it so that you don't necessarily need to work on cars, but it's covered. So you can be down in the pit, and the whole pit is a big storage area, which leads to like a secret basement. So it's got a lot of character, the place. And I took some footage when we were there yesterday, and it'll be in my this my vlog this week. But so hmm. that's the uh, that's the biggest exciting news. And as far as making stuff, I finished my Core seventy seven video, which is this vintage showcase that I restored, and uh, that's going to be up. Wednesday. I got to finish that today. And uh, I started a video for, for Rockla today. And uh, I'm going to make side, uh, side tables for the bed, for our bed that we just made. So, yeah, things are moving along. And, and, I'll, and I've been upstate for the last few days. I think I might have to stay here for a couple of days. And it's nice. It's nice not to have to go back downtown. So, yeah, I bet. Cool. I, I think if you do get that building, before you start doing anything, you should get like. A really good photographer. Find somebody that you you know and you like oh, their work. That's a great idea. And get them to go in there and just document everything, as if it you know the, as the time capsule before you start changing anything. That'd be awesome to have. That's a great especially idea. Especially when you're when you're done with it, you know. Yeah, that's a really great idea. Like I guess it's not going to take much to get it workable, but then it's like tells like well, let's change the color of this. Let's see, you know I'm like let's slow your roll. We don't have it yet. <laughs> <laughs> let's get a roof on it first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but like I said, it's all exciting. So. Awesome. Uh, let's see. For me, I did some traveling this weekend and last week, and I, I kind of talked about it last week. But uh, my wife traveled last weekend, and then she was home for a night, and then she left again for a funeral, and so she got home last night, and I was gone. It's been like a crazy ten days, and just a lot of travel and a lot of like taking care of kids and stuff. So I haven't been as productive as usual lately, but. Um, I ended up making, for the video that's coming out this week, I ended up making a lathe cart, just a really basic uh, tool cart. And it's got a drawer in it for some tools and then the cabinet, a couple of cabinets in the bottom. And I made it almost entirely out of scrap stuff that I had in the shop. So it's like this weird mixture of like MDF and 2x4s and cheap plywood and like eighth inch plywood and, you know, just like whatever I had to get it there. So it's not terribly pretty. (laughs) But that little lathe I had, I... When I ordered that one, I didn't realize how heavy it was going to be because a lot of them that size are not really that heavy. But that one's like 150 pounds. Um, it's got yeah. a lot of weight on one side. They make of it. them intentionally heavy so you could just kind of set them on the edge of a table. They tell you to bolt them down, but if you don't, it's still heavy enough to be able to just you know, yeah keep mobile. Yeah, and it and it works well in that respect. You know, it didn't like jump around while you're using it. But like some of the cheaper ones in that same size range. I've seen people lift like with one hand, you know, without having much effort. And I don't think you could do that on this one. So the only thing that's unique about this little cart is that it's reinforced on that heavy end. You know, it's, it's still really basic, but, um, yeah, so I did that, but that it was like an afternoon's worth of work that was immediately helpful because it got that thing off my bench, 
made it to where I could move it around, which gave me a little bit of shop space back. And it's just funny how like a project that doesn't take very long and uses almost entirely scrap stuff can, <laughs> you know, be really useful really nice. quickly. And I turned a couple of knobs for the doors and the drawer on it. And so a little bit more practice there. Hmm. But yeah. And then, you know, 3D printing Stormtrooper armor. So <laughs> it's kind of an ongoing thing all the time now. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about today? So we got a Twitter, a public Twitter message from Wolf's Grove asking, have you guys ever discussed your dream shops? And Ooh. I think we might have talked about that in the past. Like, I don't recall. After 106 episodes, I don't remember what we talked <laughs> about. So we're gonna we'll just we'll just play off of that and see where it goes. Mm, yeah, how about that. So before we start that, I, you know, it's really funny how I've heard from people on Twitter and stuff a lot lately who are just now finding the podcast and they're like binge listening from episode one. And at this point, that's a lot of us. And so it's really <laughs> surprising that somebody would want to go back and like start at the beginning. But people are it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. We should hire one of them to document all the different things we've talked about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we don't really talk about them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was funny to watch uh, Red did that video where it had all of our titles rolling through mm -hmm. it when he made the marking knives. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, we t oh, that's cool. Oh, I want to listen to that. You know, that was like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder what I, that one was about. <laughs> yeah. I think a few of those things we could revisit. And we probably have a different perspective on things, you know, since a year ago. That's true. Yeah. And actually, having a wiki would be really cool, because we could have like an an ongoing list of all the recommendations from every episode, and like, hmm, yeah, mm. sounds, sounds if anybody like listening is bored and wants to put that together, <laughs> sounds <laughs> like a college project for an intern. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Mm. To be clear, we don't have any extra money. <laughs> yeah, yep, not at all. That's why we're begging you to join our Patreon. <laughs> Speaking, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so. Um, yeah, let's talk about shops. Shops. My dream David, shop is first. probably a little different than other people's dream shops. And in the fact that I don't want my shop focused on tools. I would want my shop focused on a welcoming, inviting, creative space. So I'll, that would mean hiding tools and um, having artwork up. Um, of course, my dream shop, like everybody else's dream shop, is something that's big and has a has a good flow to it, a feng shui where all the tools are in a nice alignment and you can get from one to the other. Um, but right now, I'm focusing on having my shop to where every single tool has a home. It could it, where it doesn't go in a drawer; it goes on a board or it goes in a little cubby hole. And so I'm focusing on that. And then in the future, I would actually like to hide all those things. And so hmm. you, uh, just so there's you, the, the focus is on the workbench and there's inspiring stuff on the wall and there's a chalkboard or dry erase board where I can write and sketch ideas and, and things like that. And, uh, and I haven't had time to think about this because we just yeah. decided we're going to do this a few minutes ago. <laughs> so I'm going to throw it off to you guys, and I, and I might have a couple more ideas and, and thoughts hit me. So, Well, before one of us takes it, can I ask a question about, like, a mechanical question? Sure. Um, so, like, outside of the, the look and feel and, like, the overall, you know, 
the feeling of the shop. Mm-hmm. Like, what mechanically, what would you want in your ideal shop? Like, oh, I've I, like, I have thought about this. Okay, so ideally, think of it like a train depot, real long and open on both ends, so I could have two garage doors that could open up or two French doors to open up and allow this this air to come through and all of my stationary tools would be on one side and then I could have the camera on the other side with lights on the other side that could track or just move and it always faces that way you know Hmm. so instead of a big square shop it's a long rectangle like a wiener dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I can't yeah. wait to look at sense. Google. I want to look at Google and see the aerial space of the shop and then know it's yours because it's like <laughs> profiled right. like a wiener dog <laughs> tie holder. <laughs> oh. But doesn't that, I mean, if, if you're filming, doesn't, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be so efficient? Have all the lights on one wall and everything else on the other and just a, a, a long... A, 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 Everything is aligned. There's a table saw, then the then the band saw, and then the joiner, and then the planer, and then you know. Do you think that would limit like creatively how you were shooting things? No, I think I'm creative enough to to figure out how to be creative. There's there's a quote <laughs> for the day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no limit limit creativity comes from limitations. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. 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 We're all thinking hmm. about that. I'm not entirely sure that I agree with that. <laughs> you can make anything you want. This is the dream shop. Don't, you don't have to put limits yeah. on yourself. Well, I want to. Okay, I want to hear Bob why you don't agree with it. Well, I don't. I don't agree with that as a. As a. Okay, absolute. I want to hear why you hate it. No, no, <laughs> that's not what I said. That's <laughs> not what I said. No, I, I disagree with that as an absolute. Okay. I think. I think. Yeah. For some people, um, limiting things can definitely force you to come up with creative solutions, but I think it can also, for certain personality types and certain projects, it can also just like completely kill the project. And I guess that really depends on maybe how far you limit it. Maybe that's a big factor in whether that works or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The reason I was just asking is because, you know, if you, like, visually, if you have your cameras always on one side, always facing at the other side, I guess the question was, like, are you going to keep that? Is that the only way you would be shooting stuff, or is that kind of the default? And then you would, you would shoot close-ups and wraparounds and stuff like that by hand. No, that would be that would be the default. That would be an easy gotcha. way for me to have a permanent lighting solution that's not just mm-hmm. overhead, but at you know from the side. Yeah. And then you know, and then from there we can we can do the close-ups and the and the medium shots and the and the wide. Yeah. I mean, I do totally agree with that. Like in my next shop, it's going to be set up to film versus set up to produce. Well, like to do like woodworking production or like, you know, um, and there's a bunch of different ways that you could do that. And I haven't really thought through like how I want that to work exactly. But um, Bill Duran, Punish Props, did a thing recently where he made this. uh, he, He bought this like extendable arm thing with a camera mount on the end. And it hooks onto a plate on the wall with these two little, like, L brackets. And so he can hook it there and then station the camera wherever he wants without having a tripod. So he doesn't have to worry about what's below it or what's, you know, whatever. And so he put these these brackets with the L brackets on them. He put several of those around the shop. So he can pick up this arm with the camera attached, 
walk over to where he's working, hook it on, and it's ready to go. Which I really like. It's awesome. Not, necess- yeah. not necessarily in like the specific thing that he's using, but I really like the fact that the camera and everything it needs is one assembly, and there's mounting points you know, all over the place that get it exactly where you want it. So I would want to do that with um, the camera and with lighting, you know, or maybe that's all one package, you know, with audio on it, uh, so that no matter what I was doing, I always had a way to to just be able to like lock lock in the camera, <clears throat> excuse me, right where I'm going to be, and immediately get to work and not have to worry about like I have to move this thing off the floor so that the tripod has a place to go and I have to worry about it being level and you know mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. That'd be really awesome. Lighting is a big issue, at least for me now, of because the overhead lights are useful for some shots and they're useful to work but then when you like need to work on the side of something or you know if you're not centered in your shop if you're trying to work off to the side then the light is casting shadow and so then i have to put in side lights and so what you're talking about having it all kind of facing one direction would probably help that part of it quite Mm -hmm. a bit something else i want to add to my shop and i'm working on doing this to my current shop is i want it to be carpeted I'm getting old. I have I have a <laughs> my back and feet hurt. And I know it sounds silly to have a carpeted wood shop, but I've been buying when you go to uh like a carpet store and they sell the little square remnants and 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 whatever, I just buy them up and I throw them down. And I and it's not it's not like shag, it's like the real thin carpet and I can sweep it. I can sweep it with a broom just fine. Uh and so yeah, I want a carpeted shop. I would also, including um, not ju- not just well lit and all lit from one side, I would do a little bit more sound reinforcement, sound um, diffusion, and I would get rid of the lav mic and have uh, a shotgun mic instead. Because a, a lav mic, I I don't know, I really hate putting it on and off, but I get really good audio from it. If I use a shotgun mic now, I you know the the low ceilings, the the walls, every all the tools are close to the walls. That all affects the sound, and you get that that bounce, and and it doesn't sound good. So, my yeah. ideal shop is not for tools. It's for, it's for camera. It's for video. Yeah, more of a production studio than yeah. a shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mine would end up being some mixture of that because obviously the production quality is is like the it's the thing that is harder to control in a shop like you can make anything in just about any place but to make it look good and make it sound good that takes a certain amount of extra effort so mm-hmm. yeah jimmy what about you my dream shop is a 1955 gas station <laughs> right now right this minute <laughs> right no, this minute I, yeah. you know it's funny you we you know like as you go through life you you you, you know how you pin stuff in the internet world we pin stuff in our brains and we say oh you know this is this is the thing i really would like Two or three years ago, I was at South by Southwest for Dremel Tool. Some of you guys might remember that video. And while we we had an event, the event took place in an, in a converted gas station. There's a couple of hipsters like us, me, working in a gas station that was like a you know like a golf station in the 70s. And these guys took it over and in a sort of a, a decrepit part of town, and they're part of the new wave that's kind of making this real estate worth money again. And I remember being there going, man, this would be really cool to be in a shop like this because it has the car lift. It has a gantry above it for lifting engines. So, And this station I'm talking about has the car lift. It has the pit, which I probably would never use, but it's cool to show it off. And it has 
uh, gantry above? Ball pit. I'm just going to say that. Ball pit. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That would be a great ball pit. That would be awesome. This is <laughs> deep a little fireman's pool that you can fall into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yes. I can be having a meeting with somebody. If I don't like them, they can go into the ball pit and <laughs> pull the lever. Like Mr. Burns and the Simpsons. So this thing has all of those like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if one day it has all of those things. The only thing that the slightest little thing that doesn't I don't like about it is that it's a little small. It's 40 by 40, but the ceiling's 16 feet tall. And Willie said, Willie goes, dude, let's build a uh, we can build a mezzanine and we could put heavy things on the car lift and lift it up to the mezzanine and just push it off onto the mezzanine. I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> Pretty good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, anything that's that heavy, I probably would want on the ground because it's probably going to be something like Bridgeport Mill or something. But he's like, yo, that lift will lift anything. We could put it right up there. Which would mean that I'd have to build a mezzanine that could withstand thousands of pounds, which is a job on itself. Uh, so this this would be my dream shop because I like having the doors open. You know, it's not in the perfect location. I'd like it to be a little bit more in the like the off the beaten path. It's like right across the street from me. There's a Cumbies right there. There's a there's a, uh, a Hannaford's and literally right like within like a th- one minute walk. There's a Hannaford's. Uh, it's a big supermarket. There's a Chinese uh, buffet. There's a <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. There's three gas stations. Um, all like literally like when you stand on one corner, those are on all the other corners. And it's right down the block from where I bought the printing press. So one of the first things I would do if I got the place is bring the printing presses over there just to, so I'd use them more because right now they're kind of like tucked away and one's still at kind of half outside. So my, my, my dream shop is a shop that I have a gantry. I could move heavy equipment. I could drive in. I could work with the doors open, which is uh, something that could happen here. And I'm going to build my dream shop with, with the barn on my property. And I think, again, this is so uh, this, this particular spot is cheap enough where I could have this and my barn at the same time, likely. You know, things still keep going as, as, as they've been going. And so that's why we, we're thinking about taking it with the idea that we could kind of have it as a showcase. So if we want to do like, let's say in a year from now, I have that place, my barn's built, my workshop is all laid out with, again, the layout, like the dream layout is to have a big barn. And the middle is just the drive-through. You can come in one side, drive out the other side. And along both sides, maybe one side's all metal, one side's all wood. Mm. On the second floor, we're talking about maybe having CNC machines. Um, we want to build the second floor. But I don't know. If I had a big, giant CNC, that would be on the ground. But we'd have lasers and sewing and that kind of stuff on the second floor. Kind of more more out-of-the-dust area type of work. Away from the ground. This sounds wiener dog shaped as well. Yeah. It, actually, <laughs> I want the tail to be where the bathroom is. And one of the paws be where the heating room is. Yes. <laughs> Mine would be shaped like a Yorkie, though. So it'd be a little shorter. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, the, the dream, dream, dream is, is a big giant barn, like kind of hidden in the woods. But this gas station is, is a really close second, and it seems pretty, uh, uh, it seems like within reach. So we'll see where is, the conversation goes this week. Is there a difference between a dream and a goal? Um. I think, uh, yeah, you know, I think there is because dreams are dreams where you don't have any restrictions. Goals are like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm going to be able to do these things. And yeah, a dream is like, hmm, man, when I win lotto. You know, it's so funny. Like, of course, every time me and Taylor get excited about an idea like this, let's go play lotto. Let's go play lotto. 
<laughs> I mean, it's pointless, but you know, it's like it's not something I do on a regular basis. But we'll go and spend like three or four dollars on lotto tickets, and then two days later, it's like, oh, of course we did win. That's reality. <laughs> and yeah. uh, but you know, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to dream. And I did a lecture this week. I completely left that out, which is the reason I didn't meet you guys this week. Um, I did a lecture at a, at a federation of teachers, the librarian thing that I talked about a few weeks ago. It went really well, and I had to talk for nearly an hour and a half, which I did not realize was going to be that long. But I was able to pull it off, and we had a really good Q&A session. But one of the points I said, it was, an, it was a motivational conversation about how to teach kids to be excited about, you know, remaining a childlike enthusiasm and all that, you know, what I try to try and maintain for myself. And one thing I said, which is, is to fantasize and think big, because you could always bring it back later. And then during my talk, mm. people, somebody in the audience kept tweeting some of the quotes I said. And I said, when you brainstorm with somebody and you're trying to dream big, you want to brainstorm with the guy that's going to say, yeah, attach a jetpack to it. Not the guy that's going to go, that might be dangerous. Have you thought about it? It could be dangerous. <laughs> so <laughs> brainstorm with people that are going to be as nutsy as you. And the idea of dreaming big is nice because you dream big and then you go, oh, man, that would be amazing. You know what? I'll settle for this. And that's, you know, the goal is yeah. to keep the rain off your tools. So <laughs> I'll settle for that. <laughs> so, yeah. I would say that the difference between a dream and a goal is like the dream is the first stage of that. And the goal is picking part of that dream that you actually yeah. want to try to accomplish. Exactly. That's the way I would think of those two. But yeah, that's interesting. I never tried to compare those two words in my head. That's interesting. I think we have a title for the episode. <laughs> hmm. Dreams and goals. Hmm. Or that sounds wiener dog shaped. So for like for my shop and the actual layout and stuff, uh, I I've, I'd kind of like two different things, and I don't think I can have both of these. <laughs> so I would love to have the giant farm warehouse thing, um, and just lots of open space. And, and if that was the case, I would want it all in one big area and just try to like contain dust over here and try to contain you know filings and whatever over there and i know that probably wouldn't work super well but if i had a, just a giant amount of space i would want it as open as possible and then have like a small office and then a probably a, an audio studio to do voiceover and music recording and then a clean room for like assembly uh, of like models that type of stuff and then, like, 3D printers and lasers and all that, you know, clean stuff in that one little area. But mm -hmm. then the actual, like, workshop just be one giant open mess. One big yeah, mess. Yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think I'm going to get that. So I think probably what's more realis realistic is a decent amount of space, um, but not gigantic. In in that case, I think I would probably end up having to build some, like... I like to keep things moving all the time and changing as much as I can. So I would probably end up building temporary walls or like movable walls hmm. so that I could have um, like this one space that I'm thinking about specifically. It's got a garage door um, and I wouldn't be able to pull in there and drop off materials and stuff, but I wouldn't want that connected directly to like the woodworking area. So I think I would have some temporary separators so that mm -hmm. you could drive in there, drop off material carry it through like a metalworking room if you needed to into a woodworking shop that was kind of contained and all the dust would stay in there. Is look and feel important to you as it is like it is for me? Not in the same way. I think it is after the fact, like function is always bigger than form for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
and it does matter, but it's like the priority would be function. So I would try to get everything in a in the most usable situation that I possibly could, and then I would go back and like, okay, how do I make this look? Now that it's usable, how do I make it look good? You know, because mm-hmm. um, I if if I had that situation where I'm making rooms out of a big room and I have walls, my first thought is. Ooh, I would have this theme for this room and this theme for oh. for this room. Maybe I'm a um, I'm a home designer without even I'm, mm. I'm missing my true calling. Yeah, interior, interior design. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm kind of torn between like I like to have everything available. You know, so it'd be really cool to have everything <laughs> at arm's reach. Right. But but at the same time, like you want to try to keep clean stuff clean. You want to keep wood out of your metal and metal out of your wood and you know mm-hmm. so I don't know I don't think I've had enough I've only had like two shops so I don't think I have enough experience to know like how I would really want to lay out a big space which mm-hmm. is part of why I would want to keep everything mobile so I can figure it out as I go <laughs> it's like we re- we just rearranged our living room it's you, you get you get bored or you have different ideas and you, and you, you rearrange it and, it and it feels new again and like, that can be inspiring. So to have everything mobile is beneficial, even if you have a huge space. Yeah, that's true. My uncle, um, so my aunt and uncle moved into my grandparents' house when they passed away, my mom's mom. And uh, so they took over. He had like a small outbuilding. It was like maybe 20 by 30 or something. Not small, but not gigantic, right? And so my uncle, when they moved in there, he moved his workshop in there, and he works on like his tractor for the to till the yard, and he has a truck, and he you know so he can pull things in like you were talking about, Jimmy. And the last time we were up there, went to his house, he had um, taken off the back wall of this thing, poured a, an entire new floor to double the size of this building, built the steel frame. He and his brothers built the uh, the roof, the big crazy roof situation that's there and put this whole thing together themselves and he's an electrician so he just like put in all the power he needs and so now it's like 30 by 60 or something maybe a little bit bigger than that with doors in the front doors in the back ramps coming up and down on both sides it's awesome and as soon as i walked in there i was like i want this (laughs) i want this building right here (laughs) and of course you know he's like 60 or something i mean i'm not there yet but you never know. You got anything else about shops? Bob, you, you mentioned, uh, you said the shop I'm looking at. Is, uh, did you just have a Freudian slip or did you Uh-oh. have a, uh, a slip slip? Uh-oh. Uh, it's, it's, it's a shop that I'm looking at. <laughs> edit, edit, 39 <laughs> minutes, delete. <laughs> so are you, you're actually considering a spot? Yeah, I mean, like we, we decided pretty much that this year we have to get more space. I have to have more space. Yeah, it's a consequence. Really sure. It's a consequence of growth. I mean, you yeah. need it. You need it to showcase other machines, you know, if you're going to be doing some promotional stuff. And it's nice to have a separation. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I don't. we haven't figured out whether that means, you know, like renting a, another shop, which I don't really want to do, but renting a place and moving away from the house, or if that means buying a new house here, if it means buying it somewhere else, we don't know. Like that, we haven't figured any of that stuff out. But I have started to look at options, if for no other reason than to try to weed out, like, you know. Like, I went and looked at a shop away from the house, and as soon as we got there and I saw the state of it and what it would take and the kind of liability of it, I was like, nope, this is not what I'm doing. So, 
you know, I'm looking just to narrow it down at this point. But any other shop ideas? Anybody? Jimmy, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. So I, I missed your Twitter photo from the other day of this of this gas station. I just went and saw it. I just took a look at it, and that looks super awesome. Yeah, it's now, a cool spot. As I mentioned before, I'm very concerned about the look of the place and the feeling I get when I walk into it because I want to be inspired and I want to be creative. How is How important is look? For your shop, because you've told us before that you will secretly, maybe not so secretly, add clutter to the background for that visual effect. Yeah, no, for sure. I we we walked right in, and I, Taylor and I were both like, "This place is just incredible." And right away, you know, we're talking, "How would we change it? What would we do?" And I said, "The look of the interior of the garage area." I said, "I wouldn't want to do one thing to just clean the dust and whatever peeling paint is hanging off." Leave it that way. And uh, the front room, it's got some kind of cheesy paneling, so we could probably tweak that. And uh, But I, I I mean, it's no secret about me. I love the texture and the history of things, and I love a textured surface. So like when we look at these beautiful, clean barns that are made in metal, it's got no soul. It's got no personality. And I wonder if in 100 years from now, will they have the same personality that an old beat-up red barn does? It's probably unlikely, but... I like the idea of something that has like a texture and a soul and, you know, like something that's been lived in and that has a lot of history to it. It's funny. I started getting emails from friends and stuff today since I put that picture up. And uh, one of my buddies, uh, uh, he writes, uh, wow, could you imagine the conversations, the mafia meetings? Because the, was, this was a little bit of like a mafia area for a while. Was, you know, the guys looking for directions, the antique cars and trucks that have been in that place. And there's a phone. We walked in and there's a phone on the wall, like a, like a pay phone. That's like probably from like 1975, like just on the wall. Like you could imagine people calling and might be nickels in there. Yeah, and then, and then actually, <laughs> the the other really funny thing is is like I, before the owner came and I was me and Willie were just fiddling around. I was trying to break in, and I popped open a door and it's a bathroom on the outside for like oh here's the key you know attached to a rim and you got to <laughs> run around the bathroom and use it, and so it has its own exterior bathroom. So that little building has three bathrooms, which is kind of weird. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it, I I really like the idea of having, having like a, a texture and a soul to the place because there's another place which we could probably move into without any work, but it is a cheesy metal building with in like a weird location that's got no character and and it's got drop ceilings in it. I remember like once I looked at the listing online, I'm, I'm standing next to Taylor, the place in Norton Hill. It has. I went onto the listing. And the outside, it looks great. It's a lot of square footage. It's, it was in my vlog, so it's 6,000 square feet for $2,000, which is tremendous. But the minute I opened the listing, I'm like, oh, this has got drop ceilings in every room. Ugh. Like, mm. it wouldn't be mine. It wouldn't be mine to modify or change. But just being in the presence of drop ceilings and drop lighting, I'd be like, you know what? This is oppressive. I don't even want to be near that. And mm. so that was like, that was such a stupid thing. But the minute I saw drop ceilings, I was like, man, eh, kind of, this would be like, Low on the priority list. Hmm. And then I find something that's got water running out of the lights, and I'm like, this is perfect. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Taylor's laughing too. Uh, <laughs> like, this is great. Because I can see the potential and the spirit and the feeling of, like, oh man, the transformation of this place will be great. And, you know, just knowing that you're saving an American relic, even, you know, even if for now I can't own it, it's just a cool story. 
know? So not not to be a naysayer, that's not why I'm asking this. Okay, um, it, are there any negatives? Is there anything about that place or that type of place that, looking at it for a shop's sake, that you go like, nah, that's this little thing's not worth it or whatever? Uh, well, the yeah. Definitely. Tell is like every <laughs> every yokel in town is going to be coming. Could you fix my shelf? Could you just CNC this for me? Could you cut this mm. shelf bracket for me? Can I borrow a screw? You know, up here, like I'm a New Yorker, so I might as well be from planet Mars. It's like, remember the movie Newcomers where the guys came from another planet and they were kind of considered like less than the locals? I'm, I'm one of those. I'm a newcomer, so it'll take some time for people to warm up to me, even though I've been up here. But the minute I open that up and make it like, you know, if the light, if anybody sees the lights on in there, it's going to be like, uh-oh, what's going on? Like, that's how long it's been unused. Like, a whole generation of people have seen this thing sit unused. The minute someone <clears throat> flicks a light on inside, it's going to be like kicking an anthill in town. Everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, what's going on? Who is he? What's he going to do? Who's going to make a bar there? You know? Um, <laughs> so, uh, but once I get past that and... People popping in, and then even it's so funny. Uh, a fan, who, this guy Nick, who was up at Boston 100, he saw that picture and he goes, "Oh my God!" He goes, "I drove by there yesterday and there were people outside." He goes, "You better hurry up." I, I wrote, "That was me. <laughs> that was me." <laughs> so like already, like I posted a picture, like a very uh, you know cryptic, nondescript picture, and, and people know exactly where, where it is, and a few people, and hmm. you know what it is and what it, it's definitely. Everybody knows the building. Everyone's like, oh, my God, I'd hate to see that get torn down. But it would also be nice to see somebody do something with it. But everybody knows it's a tremendous it's a tremendous undertaking. So as far as yeah. negatives go, people popping in, me being right there in the middle of, uh, you know, everybody's eyesight all the time. Um, it being just a little too small. Uh, having that office in front, we were considering, like, what we would do in there. Maybe make it a showcase for some of my video props, some of the things I've made. You know, but it's right there in the open. Also, security is a, is something to be concerned about. You know, mm. I, I, you know, I'm not super worried about it, but you never know. Somebody's just kicking a window and then get in there and just fiddle around and do something stupid. Yeah, because it, it is right there. Um, but the the biggest negative is I gotta lay out a lot of money to get it going. Yeah, but you know, with the landlord, like I said, that that would be the rent I'd pay. So, <laughs> one it sort of washes itself out. I just. Just, you know, the time and energy spent to get started. Yeah. The reason I was asking is because, you know, like, as I said, I'm, I'm looking at different spaces or trying to think of, like, what's realistic and what are the options. And when I look at, compare the different types of places that I could go, you know, some of them have negatives, but sometimes the negative is not, like, that big of a problem. It's just a consideration. And, you know, like, working in my house has, for me, personally, it has tons of positives, more than negatives. And, but then, you know, I compare, like if I go buy another house, should I look for something where the, it's attached where the shop is attached to the house? Is that more convenient? Should I have it unattached to the house? And that draws up a whole bunch of like, uh, you know, just like different things, different considerations. And so like this one that I looked at that I immediately knew that I wasn't going to get, it was a lot of space. It was over 2000 square feet. Uh, it had a lofted area in it so I could s store a bunch of stuff up top. The downstairs was, you know. There's a lot of space, but then safety or like security was a bit of an issue because it's in an area of town that's just just kind of like empty. And so not that there's really necessarily trouble there, but somebody could be over there with and nobody would know. Um, and then it doesn't flood, but it has flooded. And so then I'm thinking like no matter how cheap this place is, 
one flood six will kill inches you. Of, yeah one flood would wipe out everything that I use yeah. to make my living so like eh, I don't know you know it's not really worth it but anyway just there are considerations of every type of shop and every situation that you could possibly get into there's a, a fantastic shop building that was never used the story is it's literally four miles from the house at the intersection up the road uh, the story is they built it kind of the year I started living here coming up here and the guy passed away just before he had a chance to open his dream restaurant. And it's this beautiful building, like well done. It's a kind of a modern look, but it's like modern barn looking building, metal and wood. It's a great shop. But we had the 100 year flood up here and the place flooded up to six feet, up to five feet. So there's a flood Ooh. line inside brand new building that's five mm -hmm. feet high. And it's complete. It's basically got the scarlet letter, like nobody will rent it because it's in a flood zone that nobody knew was a flood zone. And, you know, because it hadn't flooded in 100 years. You know, it was one of the hurricanes about five years ago. So, unfortunately, it's a great building that'll never ever get used unless somebody puts it on six foot stilts. So, what would your dream shop allow you to do that you can't do now? For instance, I could have a sewing station and I could learn sewing. Mm -hmm. I would have more room to do something like that. I, what would your dream shop allow you to do? Uh, shoot a basketball into a hoop. <laughs> Sometimes you need that little you need that little break. You take a break and you and you go do the thing. You know, you, you regulation hype is what I'm talking about. No, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Not one over the garbage can at like hip hip height. I'm talking about twelve feet. More. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it would. I think the biggest thing would allow me to work on larger projects. Not well, not larger is not the right word. Bigger. I don't know how to say it. Projects yeah. that take longer. Because right now. Physically, there's a limitation on how big something can be in the shop, but also I can't start something unless of any size unless I can finish it. I can't start it and set it aside. So that's a big thing for me because Same there's a me. bunch of projects that I would love to do that I know are going to take months or years to accomplish, and I just I don't have anywhere to put them. You know? Yeah, that's a big concern, just needing space. I mean, I want to work on cars and motorcycles. I just never do any of that stuff because i got to roll it out play with it, put it back. Like I started that Chevy truck makeover and every time I go to go near it, it's like in the mud, I got to drag a set of tools across the gravel ground. It's not fun. So that's why I kind of gave up on that project for now. Yeah. If it was in a garage, I'd work on it all the time. Hmm. What about you? Anything other than the uh, sewing? I think it would be cool to have somewhat of a hangout space and not necessarily to have people over and hang out but to allow um, collaborations, maybe in the future, where we could have a couple people come over. Maybe we do. Maybe there's a, a, a some sort of teaching class going on if we have the space, or I could do something that's totally wacky that I could never do in my basement. But if I brought some other people over who were mechanics or robotic engineers or whatever, we could do. We could use that space to do something wacky. And, Fun. Yep. So just kind of a big open, like nondescript space, yeah. just to use yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll all get new shops. <laughs> hey, let's all go play lotto tonight. Hey. <laughs> no, I'd rather save my money <laughs> towards a new shop. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll buy. I'll buy instead of me buying three dollars worth of tickets. I'll buy six dollars worth of tickets. And of course, the ones that win will be mine. Bob, you will be the loser. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Bob, I bought us tickets, but unfortunately your tickets weren't the winners. Mine were. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You know, if you if you win the lotto and you build a giant shop, I'll just come hang out all the time. Yeah. So okay. it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That I'll, works give, for I'll me. build you a room in the tail, in the dog's tail. Should <laughs> 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 call a callback. <laughs> all right. What have we been watching? Anything cool? So my pick for this week is that Domino's person that you were talking about earlier. Yes. Um, I, I think... I mentioned her months ago. I can't recall if I did, but I if not, did. her channel is called Havish Five. I'm not sure what the what the name means, but she sets up and knocks down dominoes. It's oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like she, all the tricks that you can do in dominoes that I didn't even didn't even know it existed it's just so cool it's an art form you can and uh, she this thing that I went to this weekend Bob you were there uh, I don't want to get into what this thing was because it's kind of hard to explain but she was there and she gave a demonstration and she's a awesome presenter she was showing how she uses Excel and this plugin for Excel to design her domino art work pieces i don't know the proper terminology but it's just really cool we'll have a link in the show notes watch your youtube channel it's awesome it was yeah it was very impressive really cool um i want to talk about uh i i know we talked about somebody else but i just changed my idea i want to talk about uh andy klein have you guys been watching andy klein's been putting out more and more videos lately Andy's yeah, the inventor yeah. who made the saw blade, which people yeah. email me about once a month and say, have you seen this incredible idea? <laughs> like, not only have I seen it, I met the guy that invented it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Andy's been just doing cool stuff, and he's a, he's a great innovator with like a, a very clean analytical mind. So he's a, great, he's a great thinker. So take a look at his channel, Andy Klein, Andrew Klein. And uh, he made the saw blade, which has like the cut that folds so you could fold up drawers. And there's a slight chance I might get my hands on one. So his name keeps popping up in my life. Uh, I might get one from Rockler, one of the first couple. And if I do, yeah. I'll do a video on it. That blade nice. is coming out real soon. So yeah. it's really cool to see him talk about it in a video a year or a half ago to now actually seeing it come out. So cool. Yep. So yeah. Andy's my, my pick. And he's got some really amazing woodworking stuff, too. I yep. remember when I first met him a couple of years ago, he had done this uh, fossil inlay table. Where yeah. It was like the top of the table looked like a, an Archaeopteryx fossil out of black wood, or like ebony or something, like pushed down on the table. It's amazing. So, yeah, check him out. Um, so for mine, I think most people know uh, Izzy Swan, but... If they don't, they should. And he recently, like last week, put out a video about a flipping lathe cart. And I'm not like, it's actually called the flipping lathe cart. Um, <laughs> You're not censoring yourself. <laughs> no, I'm not censoring myself. He, uh, it's a lathe cart, which is funny because that's what I'm putting out this week. But mine doesn't flip around. But his um, flips over, so it hides the lathe. So he still has like a tabletop to use, and then he flips it up when he wants to use it, and. But I just love the way that his mind works about these mechanisms, and it's all out of wood. It's all plywood. It's all dowels. It's all, you know, there's nothing really complicated about the what's there, but just the way that he can put this stuff together and <clears throat> make really useful stuff out of just normal lumber. It's just really cool. And teaching people guy. how to do that stuff. Like yeah. saying, yeah. hey, you don't, he doesn't have a big super fancy table saw or big super fancy shop. He just has ordinary things. Izzy's yeah, shop is the size of like a one-car garage, literally. Yeah. And he has everything yeah. that he needs in there. It's insane yeah. how small his shop is. 
Yep. His garage door is probably uh, drill powered, just like everything else, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably is. Yeah. Plus, he's a good guy. Um, I think guess that's it. But I want to thank our Patreon supporters before we go, especially Luis Gonzalez and Make Build Modify. Um, and if you want to help us out there, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/MakingIt. That would be awesome. That would be you awesome. You can also share the show with people. You guys know. You guys stuff. want to hear something exciting? Yes, yeah. of course. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to be in Luis's shop. I might have to actually oh. do the podcast from his from his workshop. Nice. Yeah, we made a plan. We're going to Puerto Rico, so maybe I'll get Luis on to a cameo. Nice. With awesome. Him. Yep. Sweet. Cool. Well, if you guys got any ideas about your dream shop, send them to us on Twitter because maybe it'll give us ideas for our dream shops. Yes. And remember, mm. it's not a dream shop unless it's wiener dog shaped. <laughs> uh, York. Shape. Oh, dog oh. shape. Let's just go dog shape. Cat shape. Pizza? Pizza? <laughs> Pizza oh, would work. You could have the camera in the center and it could just, oh. always just spin around. Did you guys mm, ever see like the that. antique barns, the round barns? For some reason, yes. the Dutch made those round barns for some reason. Yes. There's a couple up here. They're incredible. Mm, now I'm thinking about pizza. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. See you guys next week. I love pizza.